Today, we continue our studies. We talk about understanding the seasons. Repeat the topic with the sermon, please. Say, too slow. It is absolutely easy for a person to not know how slow they're going in life until somebody faster comes along and shows you how slow you are. It's easy for you sometimes to get lost and assume that you're fine. But you could be going too slow with your health. You could be responding to it, but not fast enough. You could be too slow with your money in terms of dealing with the issues, too slow with your own emotional state. You're a mess emotionally. And if you're not careful, you're too slow at reaching for help. And so I, 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 I could go down that road and, and just talk about all that for a while, but I decided in this series to try to make this easy. So I came up with this formula, right? Make it simple. And um, it's, uh, I called it the four seasons in our lives that we must manage. And I divided this sermon. So the whole type for this topic for the series is, repeat it with me, please say, too slow, understanding the seasons, which means some people are too slow to understanding that this is a childhood season. This is the foundational season of your life. And if you're not clear about that as a parent, you'll miss an opportunity. You must train them now because they will live on this training for the rest of their lives. There's something powerful about understanding the season you're in. The second season that I think is important is not just the childhood season, but it's the teenage season. That's what we're going to talk about today. This is the season when you're preparing for independence. I'm getting ready to leave. It's when you say, I cannot wait till I get out of this house. Stay out as late as I want to. Do what I want to do. Yeah, I understand. That will change. Then there's a third season called the adult season. And I had... I call it the young adult season, but really I kind of changed it a little bit because you're going to hear me say throughout the series, young adult, but I, I, it's an adult season where, okay, now you have power in your life. And it's the power you've been waiting for. And it's that powerful season when I can stay out late as I want, go where I want, do what I want, don't have to ask for permission. It's a great season, right? And then we like to say, I am grown, right? right? I'm a woman, man, right? Right, okay, we'll talk about that season next week. Third, fourth season is the senior season. This is the season that you can be the wait and die season. You're just waiting to die. You have no goals, no ambitions, nothing at all. No fire, nothing, nothing, nothing. And all of that to me is an easy thing to remember. So let's see if you can, I tested you last week, let's see if you can remember the four seasons. What's the first season? Childhood. What's the second season? Teenage. Can't look at your notes, don't cheat. Third season? Adult. What's the fourth season? senior. I'm in the senior season. And it's important to understand that's the last one. And this is why I got to give this the best effort. It's why I should try harder. I'm smarter than I've ever been. I've have, I've had, I do not want to go back to any season before me. This is it. And I want to approach this with courage and strength. I want to quote, I went to a play I told you about called um, um, Hamilton. Thank you for reminding me. Even though it's in my notes, right? And I still can't read, right? And this guy who was, um, um, he played Burr in the movie, in, in, in the play. Leslie Odom Jr. can sing his absolute heart out. 
Um, and normally I put the book up for you, but I didn't tell the staff. But it's a book called Failing Up, How to Take Risk, Aim Higher, and Never Stop Learning. Man. Now, I, because I went and saw Hamilton, and I, I saw the, the, the guy who played Burr in, in, was not this guy, but he was the original guy who played it, right, when it first came out. And there's a quote in his book, I, I, and I tend to do this when I go watch a play or I watch a movie, I'll go look up the actors because I want to see what they think like outside of the moment, right? And he made a comment that fitted in, that fit in our, our study here, and he, says, he said this, I found myself, this is at the moment when he was leaving the uh, role uh, in Hamilton, and he said, I found myself in, at one of my life's most common rites of passage. Again, I found myself at one of life's most common rites of passage, a graduation. And I knew from past experience that there would be things I'd have to leave behind. Listen to this. Some things don't travel well from one time in your life to the next. The people that were in your life in your childhood season may not travel well with you to your teenage season. And the people that were your friends and your diehard hangouts in your teenage season do not travel well to your adult season. And sometimes the people who you knew and worked with in your adult season, you worked with them for 30 years on a job, but they do not transfer well into your senior season. Learning to understand that and embrace that reality is powerful. And now he was about to leave the role that made him famous more than ever before and start on a whole new beginning, a whole new life. I want to take you on a journey with a young man who had to travel those seasons, and his name was David. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 31. David was incredible. Now, I'm not going to read all of his life. That's what gets you in trouble in the preaching. You're trying to say too much. And I want you to look at this guy's life as a teenager, and I want you to see what this teenage guy did. It was amazing. Now, David comes to a camp, and he hears about a guy named Goliath who's threatening Israel. And he overhears this conversation, and David speaks to the moment. And David said these words. This is 1 Samuel 17, verse 31. What David said was overheard. What did he say? I'll take on this giant. When people overheard that, that he would go and fight this, this, this amazing big guy who was threatening Israel, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let, one, let no one lose heart on account of this fair Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Verse 33, Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. Can I pause for a minute? Here's a mistake that you can make as a senior talking to an adult or a teenager. You can talk them out of their dream. Because you never did it doesn't mean it can't be done. Say that with me, please. Come on. Because you never did it doesn't mean it can't be done. His brothers do the same thing to him. Hang with me. What verse am I at? 34. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion, a bear, came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Can I pause there for a minute? He is crazy. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just breaking it down for you. 
If it were me, hey, Dad, we lost one today. <laughs> Sorry, man. I was coming after him, Dad, but he's fast. You know, lions fast. You know, they. Now, you can see the lion. I had a professor in college who used to tell this story. It was hilarious. He used to tell the story. He said, you can imagine David coming after the lion, and then he going to hit the lion. Pow! And the lion looked back. Excuse me. You a fool. What's wrong with you? What you going to do? And then you grab the lion by the beard. He out of it. I think the lion might have died. Of, I can't believe this fool got me. I'm going to chew him up. I'm, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I would have just told daddy, listen. He was in his mouth. He's probably all mangled up anyway. <laughs> just, you can see the sheep say, do something, do something, do something. He got me, man. Oh, I'm about to be at lunch now, boy. I mean, and can you see the sheep look up and say, boy, you bad. You a ninja. Comes, this is his story. It's amazing how bad he was, and nobody knew it. But that lion knew it before he died, and the sheep would talk, bah, he bad. He's <laughs> a bad man. Telling y'all he saved my life. I was in his mouth. No, you lie. I'm telling you, I was in there. You in his mouth about to be lunch. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm being extreme. True story. Your servant, verse 36, has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised, and the word uncircumcised really meant basically it's God without covenant with God, will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me, the Lord who rescued me, one more time, the Lord who what? From the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistines. Here's what he said. Even though I hit him, even though I was fighting, I know God was with me. That's not my power. That's not something you can normally do. And when God's in your life, you can do the abnormal stuff that nobody thinks you can do. You can win battles, get money, get raises, do things that nobody ever thought you could ever do. And notice, he gives God the credit for it. He didn't say, yeah, I was bad. I beat him down by myself. I put it on him. No, he didn't do that. He said, God help me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Is anybody in a job that God had to give you? Come on, anybody in a place that, come on, are you with me, church? Are you? This is a moment. When you see what happens when God's hands on your life, that's why I live right. That's why I obey God, because I want his blessing. You can make $100,000 and, and be poor. You can make a million dollars and be poor. I mean, you, know, you, you want God's hand on your life. If I don't have any money, but I got God's hand on my life, my life is amazing. So what did we learn? Five facts about David that were impressive to me. You ready? Number one. Number one. David was not slow volunteering to jump in the fight. He was not slow. He jumped in. Sometimes we're too slow. Secondly, David was not slow about volunteering to stand alone. Nobody has to go with me. He never told Saul, send some people with me. I need a backup team. He said, I'm going by myself, me, me and God. Thirdly, David was not slow about fighting in his own armor. If you read on in the story, Saul said, okay, look, man, if you're going to go, put on my armor. David was not an armor-wearing fighter. He was a slinger. You took a slingshot. Let me show you. Just imagine a, a slingshot. It was like, not like that thing you pull. This was something you would wind up like this, and they used to be in warfare. And slingers would throw them. Like, 
kind of like a shot put kind of thing. Imagine that. But, but put it on, on, on in a rope, and he'd swing it like this, and he would pop you in the head from way away. And that's how David knew he could fight the best. What is your armor? Sometimes the problem is you're trying to be somebody you're not. They taught me how to preach. They did. I never will forget sitting in the barber's chair. And the barber said to me, he said, now, Ricky, when you're going to be a preacher? I said, yeah, I'm going to be a preacher, man. He said, okay, and here's what you do. You got to demonstrate how to make your point. You can't just say it. So I'm sitting in the chair. He said, you got to do it like this, Rick. Lazarus went down in the grave and tell him Jesus wipe. Do it two times. Wipe. <laughs> he did. Your weeping eyes. He did. He was telling us, okay, I'm taking notes. Okay. But that's not me. That's not me. I, I used to sing preach all the time. I did. I mean, I used to sing preach. I used, I used to preach so much, I sweated up my clothes. But I got tired because I got confused. I forgot where I was. <laughs> uh, Jesus is able. He can bring you through. Uh, oh, yeah. Now, in my head, I'm going, where was I? Where was I? Where was I? Where was I? <laughs> Come on, y'all. Say amen. Come on, say amen. Now, really, I'm saying, where was I? Where was I? Where was I? So I said, I just need to slow down and be myself. Come on, say fight, fight. in your own armor. <laughs> so David was not slow about fighting, jumping in the fight, not slow about standing, volunteering and standing alone. He was not slow about fighting in his own armor. Number four, David was not slow to ignore those who doubted him. First Samuel 17, I'm not going to read it, verse 28 through 30. His brother said, what are you doing here, man? You're just here to be nosy. And basically, David just ignored him. There are people you can't take with you. They are afraid of business, entrepreneurship. They're afraid to travel. They won't go outside their neighborhood hardly. You can't ask them about going on a mission trip. They might get you and capture you. <laughs> Just going to Jamaica. <laughs> you know, but they, they're afraid of everything. And that's why you got to be careful about spreading your fears. Mm-hmm. Say, preach it. preach it. I need it. Come on. Here's number five. David was, David was not slow to stand up for God, though. Your servant has killed. Both the lion and the bear, this uncircumcised Philistine, will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who oh, rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me. I mean, the Lord's with me. He wasn't slow to say who he believed was with him. Are you slow to say who's with you? So comparing you to David, let me ask you this question. Let's compare you two together. Are you slow to jump in the fight? Are you slow to stand alone? Are you slow about fighting in your own personal armor? Are you slow to confront sincere but misguided people who unfairly doubt you? Are you spiritually standing up to the Goliaths in your personal life? Read the story, but it doesn't mean anything if you let the Goliaths in your life whip you. Great story, glad you like it, but it doesn't mean anything if you don't win. Fear's got you beat down. Somebody doesn't like you, so you defeated. The Goliath on your job doesn't like you, so you're going to quit your job. Really? You better get you a slingshot. <laughs> Say preach. preach. 
What I learned from David's life, 15-year-old, some say up to 20, teenage boy, some say 17, teenage boy. I look at his life and I go, wow. Everybody saw him as a young boy. I love this. Samuel's description of David, watch this. This is in the early days of his life, 1 Samuel 16, 10 through 12. This is the description. And what's amazing is David rises above the way people saw him. I love this. But look, listen, what's this? So he asked Jesse, this is when the beginning, when, when, when God was uh, sent Samuel the prophet to find who the next king would be. They said, are these all your sons? Because Jesse, I might lose you a little bit here, but Jesse was David's father. A prophet came to David's house because God led him there to find the next king. And he said, let me see your sons. I think your next king's going to come from this house. He called everybody but David because he didn't look like it surely couldn't be him. So he asked Jesse, after he'd seen his sons, are these all your sons? He said, no, they're still the youngest. Jesse answered, he's tending the sheep, Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance. Good looking, guys, ladies, and handsome features. Then the Lord said, arise and anoint him. This is the one. But they didn't think he was. See, people can look at you and not know your potential. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 33. This is Saul's description of David. Listen to this. Saul replied, you are not able to go against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has become a warrior from his youth. Now, here's a question. How many times have you allowed somebody's definition of you to define you for the rest of your life? You are not able. You are not able. Do you know that somebody said about me that I needed to be in special learning? They told my mother that, that I needed some kind of special ed classes. The teacher told me that, told my mother. And that's all because I asked her a question. Because I only remember one question I asked this teacher. She was teaching on something, and I was the old second, first grade. And I raised my hand, and I said, can we talk about something else? (laughs) (laughs) And of course, in her teacher voice, she says, well, Ricky Temple, what would you like to talk about? I said, how about the universe, the stars, something else? She says, do you know anything about the stars in the universe? I said, no, ma'am. Well, then be quiet. So she told my mother that I needed to be. So I was very proud to be the speaker at that school one day. Yes, I was. Happy. I will not name the school. Not far from here. Anyway. So you want to know, don't ask me. Ah, so good. Victory. Anyway, Goliath's description. Last one, and I'm done. Good. Goliath, 1 Samuel 17, 41. Meanwhile, the Philistines, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. And he looked over and he saw that he was a little more than a boy, glowing with health and as handsome, and he despised him. And he went on and told David, I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds. And David, the Bible says, ran at him. Have you allowed somebody to tell you something about you? Your feet too big, your teeth too big. You can't get no replacement feet or teeth. 
You can't get another ear. You can't get another head. You got what you got. Work with it. No, come on, work with me. Amen. Work with it. <laughs> Why are you assuming? Why are you allowing yourself to make the assumption that you're not amazing? I think it's time for us to stand. I got to get you out of here. Stand on your feet. I got to get you out. Teenagers, if you're not careful, you'll assume that only older people can be brave. David teaches you that's not true. Why are you making your age an excuse for being immature? When I was a teenager, I was really committed. When I got focused on my walk with God. Why are you saying you are too old to change now? can't be better. Why don't you pull out your slingshot and use what you have? You're almost an adult, right? Maybe it's time for you to draw a line in the sand. Grow up in this season of your life. If you can go back in your teenage years, I bet you wish you had heard this sermon. Might have helped you. But just pretend, wherever you are now, that emotionally you're in this same place and you have given up on you. Don't be too slow. Jump in the fight. Take on your Goliath. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for all that's been said and done. May the Holy Spirit bless this message. Thank you for the opportunity to break through, bring healing and blessing, I pray. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. Every head, body, every eye closed. If you're here today and you said, Pastor, after hearing the message, I get it. I realize I need to, I really need to surrender my life to Christ. I need, I need God's awakening in my life. I need a spiritual renewal. Raise your hand so I can know who I'm praying for. Anybody says that's me? Pastor, would you pray for me? Anybody? Pray for me. Pastor, I know. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Pray for me. I see you. Father, touch these who raise their hands today. And those who are watching online, you can touch right there on that screen where it says, I raise my hand. I want, to, I, want, I want you to pray for me. Right there, touch that button or just type in the line, I raise my hand. And let this be that moment where you say, God, I need you to touch my life. So, Father, I pray for those online, those who are here. May the hand of God be strong on them. And may the power of the living God give them victory today. Thank you for the difference you make. Thank you for the power of your word. And may this word live in us. And may we not be too slow reason some people never get to where they want to be in life, they never do what they say they're going to do, is because they move too slow. And they don't understand the season they're in. May we take into account truth about where we are. Thank you for your provision. In Jesus' name. Amen. Did this help you today? Thank you. Hey, this is Pastor Rick. I hope you have enjoyed listening to our messages. I want you to like and share and subscribe. We appreciate you being with us today and help us share the word. Remember, you get to be a part of this. Thank you for being on the team.